You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, a little uh, a little show in BK, uh, a little post game show, a little live post game show. Is BK BK should be around here soon, right? Yes, it's the here? Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. And is that what it is? Well, it's the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show featuring Show and BK. Uh, it, can we do that? Yeah, I mean, you that's know that's, I, you that's, know that's the way I my... actually labeled it. It's Let's talk Chiefs and Packers, show MBK edition, Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction. Let's do it. All right. So the Chiefs, they win 17 to 10 in a, I mean, a barn burner. This was one that, you know, that preseason finale that you were all paying attention to. We, I know you were there. Hey, I was I was wondering if, you know, what, what was happening with Mahomes to start the game, if he's going to play or something. But then we see a a great tribute uh, to um, to Lynn Dawson. Uh, the uh, uh, they they came out there just uh, to huddle up and and kind of took the delay a game. This is like popular from like uh, when when Kobe passed away, teams would you know uh, take the eight second count or do the twenty four second count and let and let it roll through. They gave a a great tribute. Uh, to Lynn Dawson, a, uh, a an icon, as I tweeted out earlier this week uh, in Kansas City. A ni- nice, nice, uh, nice little tribute, and then Mahomes got on off the field. <laughs> it was really cool. Um, obviously, Lynn Dawson, Kansas City legend. Everybody's got a great Lynn Dawson story. Everybody grew up listening to Lynn Dawson. Lots of people grew up watching Lynn Dawson. And so it was really cool. This is... I think teams around the NFL should take note from the Kansas City Chiefs and how they handled all of this because this is how you, you handle a, a goodbye to a franchise legend. I, I'm talking about a lot of other franchises that are not good at handling these things. Chiefs did a spectacular job of it, and I'm glad that Mahomes just t- took the field for that and then left immediately. Right. Like, yeah, I was just like, okay, man, he is like in full pads and stuff. Like, I, you know <laughs> me, I didn't, I didn't want him to play the first one. I darn sure didn't want to play against Washington. And then like Aaron is sitting down. I'm like, you sit down too. Like, you know, but I, but it was good. It was a cool tribute. It was a cool tribute. All right. Listen, this is the, this is the final preseason game. As we just talked about, Mahomes didn't go. A lot of the top guys didn't go, um, you know, didn't play, which, which you understand. So they're like, you know how we do. There's not a lot of ton of interesting things to come out of this game. But maybe the most interesting thing is the running back situation. Right? So like that 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 was and and I guess maybe just like the order in which they they came in, right? Like to me, it felt like right off the bat, it felt like this was going to be a showcase for Ronald Jones. Anybody out there maybe looking for a third back? Anybody out there looking for a back here, we're going to give Ronald Jones all these carries he wants and then to see if somebody – I mean, I think they're trying to help him out because I don't think he's going to make this team. But it was an audition to all of the other teams in the league with Ronald Jones. Yeah, it, it was. But I think the bigger story is that you know Clyde starts the game. Okay, that's what we expect. I was kind of yeah. shocked to even see him get any carries in this football game. But then Rojo coming in second, Jarek McKinnon coming in for a few snaps in third, and then Isaiah Pacheco coming in fourth. And they both started the second half, Rojo and Pacheco. Pacheco was getting carries late into the third quarter of this game, and he actually led the Chiefs in carries with 10 carries for 52 yards. Rojo had eight for 43. I don't know if 
it, it didn't really seem like the Chiefs were showcasing Ronald Jones in this game as much as just like, yeah, let's give him carries. I don't think Ronald Jones is the number two back, and I don't think there's a lot to read into this. I, I do think it's weird that Pacheco played so late into the third quarter, but I don't think it's like a red flag. Like, I don't think that the hype around Pacheco is all of a sudden gone because he played late into the third quarter of the final preseason game. No, I uh, first of all, I completely disagree with you. I, I think this was a showcase for, <laughs> for Ron Jones. I d- totally do. I, I don't, and I don't know if he showcased uh, that well. But I, as as I see, BK is about to jump in with this as, as showing BK is, is, I think ready. is taking a drink of water, though. He is taking a nice <laughs> drink of water. Listen, I and we'll see. We'll see if he is. I don't think there's any concern with Isaiah because to me. Like, to be honest, I don't think in games Isaiah in these first couple of preseason games has gotten a lot of carries as an actual back. And I and I think to me why we saw him – listen, we know he's going to make this team and we know he's probably going to be the number two back. I think they wanted to get him more carries out of the backfield in live rounds. And I think that's probably, to me, why he was running. I don't think it's any cause for any concern, anybody out there, you know, wondering like, hey, hey, is it? Are they feeling different about Pacheco? No, I don't. I don't think that's it at all. I, I, I think they just wanted him to actually get more carries, uh, you know, as a back. And I think this is the way they were able to do it. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly what it is. It's so I, I know there was the video clip circulating this past week of his performance against Washington, and I think that the Chiefs looked at those and they were like, yeah, there's some red flags here uh, about him as a player. And maybe we are just leaning too heavily into his training camp performance and saying like, oh, this guy's going to be a stud for us. We're all buying into it as a coaching staff, as an organization. And then they're like, maybe we need to get this guy some live game reps. Like maybe we just (laughs) need to let him play some more and get hit and let him get out there and and just get in a rhythm and get going. So I think that's all this was. But we talked about it a couple of weeks ago on show NBK that – it's going to be Clyde. It's probably going to be Jarek McKinnon with Pacheco in the mix to potentially overthrow Jarek McKinnon. And I think this solidified that. Like all of the talk that we had a couple of weeks ago about Pacheco being the locked in number two running back. I do think that that's probably out the window, at least to start the season now. And he played late into the third quarter because they were like, we just got to get this dude reps and see what he can actually do when somebody's trying to hit him. See, I'm actually not sure I agree with that. I think that he is the number two running back, but in different roles. Like, I think he's the number two running back as Clyde's backup, and I also think he's the number two running back as the third down back. And I think those are two different roles in this offense. Like, in Andy Reid's offense, you need to be a guy that can, if needed, be somebody that can step into that role as being the pass-catching running back. And by the way, it's BK. Appreciate you guys listening tonight. Uh, had to hop in a little bit late here for a work function, but I, I think that well, you, didn't Isaiah... say, you didn't have to say all that, man. I, I mean, didn't you know. Had to, you had to give us a work function, <laughs> man. This is just say I slid in here. <laughs> um, Isaiah Pacheco, I think, is the direct backup to both Clyde and also the direct backup to what you have with Jarek McKinnon. So I think he is the number two running back. I just think this offense is so dissimilar to so many others that you see around the league where like Christian McCaffrey is both the third down running back and also the grinder for the Panthers. Like you look at some of these other places and they will have the same back that works on first and second down as they do on third down. The Chiefs are not that team. They're a team that will have somebody that specifically comes in like Daryl Williams last year was exclusively coming in on third downs. And that is a role that's very difficult to carve out in this offense. And I think Isaiah Pacheco has already carved out that role behind Jarek McKinnon, but also he's the second second guy that is behind Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as well. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I agree with those points. I do think they wanted to see him get some carries. Agreed. Uh, yeah, and, and not with action. you on that. Yeah, I, I think that I think that was like to me. Anyone get concerned? Like, why is he why is he playing this late in the game? Is he has he lost his spot? If they lost. No, it's just I just think they want to see him get carries. Um, uh, you know, just looking at different parts of the game, Sky Moore has has a lot of people excited, including you, BK. Uh, it has a lot of people excited. I wonder why. Uh, um, 
you know, I, I, I can't, and we'll have to wait to the regular season to really see, you know, big play worth, you know, big passing play, big completion, big touchdown, something like that. But, you know, he at least had a, a big play in terms of the penalty he drew tonight. And we'll see, we'll see the baby steps there. I was hoping in this game, not as much this game because Mahomes didn't play, but the last game that he'd be more involved with Juju and McColl being out of that game. But we are starting to see some things, not just think for people like BK out there. And Serta, you can get in this space too, and anybody listening, like let's just remember he is a rookie, and let's let's uh, let's let him slowly get, you know, get his get his space here, and and not expect like he's gonna come out the blocks rolling, like drawing a penalty like he did that set up, uh, you know, as a big is basically as a big play is, is is something that is that is a good step for him right now. Well. One, I, I think the most excited I was for him tonight was that he finally flashed on a punt return and had a big punt return uh, on after the Packers opening drive. He he finally broke one a little bit. And so we got to see a little bit of a glimpse of his explosiveness. And on the postgame show after the Commanders win last week, we had a lot of commenters saying, Justin Watson's better than Sky Moore. (laughs) And and saying, you know, the Chiefs running game, it looks terrible because Isaiah Pacheco is not doing anything. And it's the preseason. What I look for in the preseason is, does that guy look like he belongs with the guys that he is playing against? And Sky Moore, I think definitively, has looked like he belongs in the NFL. And that deep pass play, while it wasn't a completion, yeah, he did draw the flag. Also, his release off the line of scrimmage uh, against uh, a, a upper half of the roster unit against the Green Bay Packers was very, very good. And then we saw the deep shot from Mahomes to him last week that wound up not being a completion because Kendall Fuller made a fantastic play on the football. I'm just excited that we're seeing deep shots to Sky more because those are going to connect sooner or later in the regular season. And I have been impressed with him in the preseason, despite the fact that he hasn't had any explosive plays yet because it's the preseason. And I still have plenty of faith that he's going to be really good this year. Yeah. I I think both things can be true, right? Like you have a situation where you have a very young and explosive and talented player. That's ready to go. Like if Sky Moore needed to be the number two or number three receiver this year for the chiefs, I think you'd be fine in doing so. I really do. I think he's ready to go in that regard. But Juju is going to be ahead of him in the pecking order. MVS is going to be ahead of him in the pecking order. It should not surprise anybody if McCole Hardman ends up being ahead of him in the pecking order as well in terms of like number of touches this season. Sky's going to get his touches, though. Like He's going to have opportunities this year, and we've already seen in the preseason in three games, when he gets those opportunities, he's got a real chance to make a play with them. Last week, you saw that post corner where he routed up a cornerback that we all deem to be pretty damn talented. And what ended up happening is he didn't make a play on it, but like that's going to happen for him down the road. So I am not in the least bit worried about Sky Moore. And in fact, I think this, this preseason so far, what you've seen is that everything we said about him preseason, Ron, I know you hated it. You were worried about it. You weren't on with on board with us, man. The routes are real. The releases are real, and he is a guy that is going to absolutely be ready to go quicker than we expected most rookie receivers in this offense to be. I think he's going to be a productive player for the Chiefs, but that being said, like if you're playing fantasy football and you're taking him in like the sixth round or something, don't be disappointed when he doesn't live up to those expectations. This is about him being a better football player than some of the production that you might end up seeing on the sheet because the Chiefs are deeper at wide receiver this year than they have been in as long as I can remember, honestly. Yeah, I, I, like I, I think he's going to be productive and impactful as well. I I just like let's just let's just keep in mind with what they have on the team and what they have around him that he's not going to just come in and just light this thing on fire. Like you know, like he's gonna he's gonna be ultra productive because I I don't I don't think right off the bat he's going to be that. I agree. You know, you know where else they're deep on this roster? A tight end, baby. Hit it, Kramer. Oh, Matt don't Bushman. Give, don't give two it touchdowns tonight. Big Matt Bushman. He did leave the game with a shoulder injury, but he had down the field. Matt Bushman 
Look at Matty Ice. Are we having a Matt Bushman conversation? We're doing that. I, I'm, I, I am. You got a problem with it? Look at, yeah, look at I Matt do. Bushman. I do. He's not making look at, the roster. Look at Bushman. Uh, he'll he, never. Oh, here we go. Here's another oh, one. Oh, my God. Caught that in traffic. Did you see that block? Look at 82. Look at 82. You see Bifo? You see Bifo? But why do you have you to take that moment from him? Hold what on. Hey, think? Kramer, Kramer. Can we run that back again? No, Hold we on. don't need to run that. Let, let's run that last one back. No, no, no. We don't need to see this third one. Let's run that last one back one more time. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. There we go. Look at Defo. 82. 82. <laughs> I think he can make the argument that he kind of missed the block and then probably held that. First, first off, don't do that. Don't first, do that to me. Off, yeah, look at that. Look at that. First off, BK, what we're not going to do is not you're going to just take and, and, and act like Kramer is your personal assistant to just go and just start running things back for you. Started it, for, so I felt like I could. For Defoe. For Defoe. Well, for Defoe blocks. Now, then, listen, Kramer, you don't have to listen to BK when he tells you to try to run something back. Next thing you know, he's got some sort of – he's going to be making circles on these highlights like he's like he's Dick Vitale or, or hey, John Madden. Th there's also kidding. two Defoe uh, targets tonight that ended in, in receptions if you want to play those back as well. Uh, we don't have those. Uh, those weren't readily so available. He did have a, he did have a nice catch. Because, uh, I mean, the scoring plays are the ones that are usually yeah, easier no, to cool. find. Um but no, he did have a nice catch and run tonight. Did, and I think well, he, Bushman, Bushman. I know you wanted to talk yes. about Bushman, so yeah. Ron, I don't, don't want to listen. I, mean, I don't want to talk about him long. Listen, he impressed somebody tonight. <laughs> he did like leave the around. game with a shoulder injury late in the game. So he That's all right. He'll he'll get past that. But he impressed somebody around the league. Like maybe somebody saw a, a tight end moving that way and got it, and and maybe 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 got himself a look. From another team, I don't think he's making this one. I have a bad. That, I have bad news. Uh, according to Bat Matt Derrick, um, this is very unfortunate. Uh, Matt Bushman sustained a fractured clavicle tonight. Oh, that's no. that's that, that's two oh, weeks, man. That's, that's two weeks. Two tops. weeks. That ended, that ended multiple seasons for Tony yeah. Romo and Aaron Rodgers. Well, that, uh, those are those great. guys. All I'm saying, if Matt wants to really play this thing out, he'll get. Why can't the fixed. Chiefs find another tight end? Like, why do all of them get hurt? Yeah, Blake Bell's on the shelf right now. Matt's um, got a shot here if he can get himself fixed. But at least maybe he. In all seriousness, can, can, can we talk tight end for a second? Well, I guess you're taking over, Kramer. You got Cody something catch tonight? No, catch. Um, they need another tight end that can block. This team needs to find a guy that can fill. Like I, I'm, I'm totally serious. I can't believe I'm saying this. The Blake Bell role is like legitimately important in this offense with the way that they want to run it this year. And if they don't have Blake Bell, and it doesn't sound like he's going to be available for a while with that hip surgery that he just got, yeah, they're probably going to have to find somebody on waivers that can come in and play that role. Yeah, because because uh, uh, the thief in the night eight eight that's that's certainly not his his role. He is not <laughs> an uh, inline blocking tight end. But um, but fortunately for the Chiefs, that's not a difficult one to find I, I and I I, yeah. I agree and I agree that they, they they're going to have to add to that room but that is at least I mean I'm I I could tell you right now I know of, I know of several several inline blocking tight ends there around that'll that'll probably be available that could fill that role uh so I I would agree with you on, on, on that 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 we don't need to overlook that part of the Blake Bell injury uh but that it, that at least is something I think that'll be available out there to find. By by the way, the quarterback situation is that is that solidified? Shane Bouchelle, Sugar Shane. Is Sugar yeah, is Sugar? They, they got the quarterback situation. The Chad Henney. Yeah, yeah, I mean Chad Chad Henney is the backup quarterback. I don't yeah, think they've Chad's got two quarterbacks. Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, he doesn't <laughs> trust he doesn't trust Shane and nor should he. I I hate Shane's throwing motion. I hate it. I hate everything. <laughs> he looks like he looks like Brad G inside of his helmet. 
Brett G, the communication guy for the Chiefs. That's what he looks like. Inside. No one gets that. No one but us knows what Brad G looks like. Well, if you're out there, look up Brad G and then look at Shane and tell me if that doesn't look like Brad G has thrown his helmet on. God love it. I love Brad. All right. Can, all right. Can we get some serious conversations? Not talking about talking about the defense. Talking about the most under-talked about thing about this football game? Yes, I'd love okay. to. Okay, what, what is that, sir? <laughs> what is the most... Under- I feel I mean- like it went totally overlooked that the start of this football game, George Karloftis got the start at defensive end opposite of Frank Clark. Clark only played the first series, and then yeah. on the second series, it was Mike Dana and George Karloftis. And yeah, throwaway preseason game number three. I think it means something that George Karloftis got the start over Mike Dana in this final preseason game, and nobody talked about it. That was crazy. Because I, many others, I don't believe, thinks it means anything like you do. Why did he get the start over Mike <laughs> Dana? Why does that make sense? He's because a rookie. He's well, no, he's been yeah, because he's, he's a starter. That makes yeah. sense. But they haven't confirmed that he's the starter. I feel like he just got confirmed that he's going to be the starter over Mike Dana. But I mean, I mean, I don't. I, shouldn't it be it? Yeah, like, I just I mean, didn't think he was gonna. It? I didn't think he was gonna be the starter at the start of the season. I really didn't. Like I feel like you lost it wherever you were watching it when you when you saw it. Like I was just oh like, God, big time, get in there, George. Hell yeah, yeah. I think- listen. I, I, I'll say this about George. George has has he has come along. Fe- quicker than I thought he would and has put himself in a position to where George is starting. Oh, okay. It should. Like I, and I'll give him credit over that uh, for that. Cause um, I, I didn't think he would be this far along and he is already to me shown to be a better player than, than I thought he would be at this point. But I, I mean, I think he should be starting. So I've been going through and Ron, you know, I'm like a total nerd with all this like roster building Absolutely. stuff, but, um, and I, I embrace it. That, that's, that's who I am. The offensive sure. line. I like, you can get to the seventh guy on the offensive line mm-hmm. and I feel like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. you, you kind of know what that's going to look like after that. I have no idea what the offensive line is going to be on offense though. I kind of feel like we, we have a pretty good idea of what the roster is going to look like. Defense, I don't feel that way. And I'm, I'm getting back to this George Karloftis thing in that, like, George Karloftis, I think, is a starter for your defense right now. I think that Frank Absolutely. Clark is, is starting opposite him. And Derek Nadia and Chris Jones, that's your starting four up front. But the reason why I bring all of this up is because, like, I don't know what the rest of the defensive line looks like. I know that earlier this week we had all of the reports on Carlos Dunlap's Achilles and – I don't know about you guys, but I don't love hearing that a above 30-year-old defensive end that they signed like a month ago is going through an Achilles issue. That doesn't sound great when he's supposed to be in your top four in your defensive end rotation. And I do wonder, okay, do they keep an extra defensive end just kind of in in some sort of an insurance policy for Carlos Dunlap now? Um, the linebacker spot, like, Good luck trying to figure out who your linebackers are that are going to make this roster at cornerback right now. Who are your top three? Like I, I don't know what the situation looks like right now with Rashad Fenton. So I, I, I bring all of that up because I think the defense is way more interesting right now than the offense is. And so, yeah, George Karloft has started today. That's awesome. And I'm super excited for him. He deserves it. But that's just the start of where the interest for me begins when it comes to what the next few days look like on the defensive side of the ball as they try to figure out what this 53-man roster looks like. Can I also mention, as you're talking about the cornerbacks, Joshua Williams had a very rough night, and yep. I'm going to blame it on Pete Sweeney because he went on the Pat McAfee show, hyped up Joshua Williams, and then Joshua Williams had just a horrendous final preseason game. I can, I can completely go with that. Let's blame Pete. Uh, by the way Jalen Watson continues to impress yeah like Jalen Watson is good and and to be fair like the the role that Joshua Williams is bringing on right now is is harder like he's on an island more often but this team really needs Rashad Fenton to be ready to go week one and right now we just don't know what he looks like yeah there uh, there are some questions over there that, that you don't know, as we talked about in the secondary at corner, 
And even like I, I believe George should be starting, but that doesn't necessarily and I'm happy with his progress, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm like, you know, I feel great about, you know, their edge pass rushers. You know, we'll see because Frank has looked faster and quicker. George seems like he just has a relentless motor and he'll just keep going. And, and the run the run game, he plays very well. He's a pretty solid all-around guy just coming along faster than I thought he would be here. But I think he should. And and I think this was this was the the right the right spot. But speaking of the defense. As you talked about that as a, an interesting thing, I thought it was interesting to see Spags kind of, and we saw this a lot with uh, with Dirty Dan Sorensen, but to experiment and show the three safety look uh, and using uh, their draft pick out of Cincinnati, uh, Brian Cook, that um, that that showed to be good. I think bringing to me, Justin Reed is really really good in the box uh, and not afraid. Uh, to hit has at least that's how he was his first couple of years. He's had some injuries that that maybe have pushed that back. But I like him at, at the at the uh, at the line of scrimmage right there. But they had those three safeties in there, and promptly uh, Brian Cook or I, I mean uh, Brian Cook, yeah, Brian Cook. He gets a uh, he gets a pick uh, as uh, as as they have the three safety look. I, I'll be I'll be intrigued to see if that's something. Oh, yeah, let's watch it. Let's take a look at this thing. Oh, yeah, look at him. Look at him. I just still got to get used to the the number six. Jordan Love kind of sucks, too, but I like it. I like it for Brian Cook. No, but I like it in that look. I like to to see how that that went. And I I think that's going to be something that we see Spags go to, uh, go to a lot. And I think Cook could be a guy, as, as I think we talked about it before, maybe not right away, but I think it, it parts in the season as it continues to come uh, to move on. I think we'll see a lot more of him. I, I'm really excited for Brian cook and he's been one of the players I've really tried to watch. And I think it was great that he got a ton of playing time tonight. And the fact that he got playing time on the field with Juan Thornhill and, and Justin Reed is something that we've talked about on the show. And I think he could have a really strong role there. We already know that he's a big hitter and, Tonight, it was nice to see him playing deep and get the pick and, and show off his athleticism. We've seen him flash it multiple times on special teams so far this preseason. I think Brian Cook is going to have a, a big role in this defense. And BK was saying with these cornerback question marks, <laughs> might see a lot of three safeties uh, on the football field for the Chiefs. Yeah, and I, mm. I think the other thing about it is like Brian Cook, I think, was just brought in specifically to fill that role, at least in year one of what you saw from dirty dan a year ago you know like this that's what you have seen previously from this steve spagnolo defense and if he can be a guy that also is capable you don't have to be great but capable in coverage man that adds such a different element from what dan was previously dan god bless him was pretty darn good when he was going forward when he was going back though it was a problem for him it was like a ron you know this sir i don't know if you know this these kinds of references but center fielders there are some guys that are good going forward and some guys that are good going going back and uh, for for dan it wasn't so good going to the back and i it seemed like cook on that play was a guy that if you're going to center field and you're covering that as a safety, he can potentially do that. And you don't want him to do it at all the time. And that's why you've got Thornhill and Reed as guys who can do that for you. But I think Cook has more versatility than what you previously had in that third safety role. And I think that can, by midseason later in the year, be a weapon that you can utilize. I think all three of them are interchangeable. It can play up and back, and you feel pretty confident. Back then, you knew you, you can't put Dan in the back end by himself, all right? It, or it's it is it is a, a disaster waiting to happen. All right, are you y'all happy? Y'all glad this is over? This preseason, the preseason? This preseason stuff is over, right now. Yeah, I've now, got questions for you about your ninth and tenth offensive lineman. If you want to do that, <laughs> oh, we, I, we, you want to talk about the ninth and tenth uh, offensive lineman? We can't talk about the Bushman. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, you I want to talk about guys that are going to make the team. You got to be kidding me. No, uh, I'm ready to get ready for Arizona week one. And 
our our conversations leading into that. They got a uh, what two weeks off or so or whatever before that game gets rolling, and um, that's the next time uh, there'll be a uh, what is this what is this show called again, Sirtis? The Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. Yeah, the Arrowhead Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show with Show and BK. That'll be the next time you see that. Will be after the Arizona game without Show and BK. Uh, yeah. Without the Arizona game, <laughs> but we might do it on that week two game against the Chargers on Thursday night. Oh God, oh, yes, there we go. Oh, yeah, yeah, that. yeah, that yeah. on Amazon Prime, right? The first ever. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Uh, before we get out of here, I do want to remind everyone: if you're listening on the podcast page and you want to hear the Chiefs post game press conferences in mm. their entirety, make sure you stick around. You'll be able to hear those immediately following us. Let's do that. Yeah, it should be good. It should be good. All right, guys, that was fun. Are we done? Are we out? <laughs> You're damn right. No, I'm not. Yeah, this ain't this, this ain't hard to offer anything. anything. Normally, Ron says we are out, but I wasn't doing it for this one. Okay, so so we're gone. Okay, okay, bye. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Thanks for tuning in to the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. After the Chiefs' final preseason game against the Green Bay Packers, we heard from head coach Andy Reid, running back Isaiah Pacheco, safety Brian Cook, and backup quarterback Shane Bouchelle. We'll go in that order, starting with Andy Reid, followed by Isaiah Pacheco, then Brian Cook, and we'll finish things up with Shane Bouchelle. Here's Andy Reid. Uh, Trent McDuffie um, is being evaluated for uh, concussion. Um, Matt Bushman um, uh, fractured his clavicle. And then Malik Herring has an oblique strain, and Ely, uh, his right knee. We're just evaluating it as we go. Other than that, right now we're we're okay. It was good, uh, good game to get uh, the young guys into. I thought they did a nice job of finishing it out. Um, we were able to get the run game going a little bit, and uh, which we needed to do uh, coming off the last two games. So I thought all in all, uh, got a good evaluation of young players and stayed relatively healthy and and um, and worked on the run game a little bit. So with that, time's yours. Yeah, so Adam, next week uh, it'll be an opportunity for us to go through a normal week's practice back at the facility. We'll keep the times kind of the same. We'll change some things up practice-wise, but just so the guys have a chance to go through a normal normal game week. Um, this was more like a Thursday game and, uh, you know, uh, in-season Thursday game, and then We'll, we'll try to give them the whole picture with uh, with that and set it up that way. So we'll work this week, and then they'll get a few days off, and then we'll start back up uh, for Arizona. Yeah, so I, I like the speed they're playing with. I like the communication that's taking place there. Uh, there's a... There's a certain confidence they're developing in one another that will continue through the season. Um, but I've, I've seen, to answer your question, the progress in those areas. Um, and listen, the more familiar they are with each other, uh, the faster they'll, they'll get even yet. Wire huddle, how did that all get set up? Yeah, that was, that was Clark's. 
um, suggestion and players completely bought into it um, and wanted to do it. Um, and then uh, we added uh, the, just a little wrinkle at the end there where I, I, I'm the official. Craig, <laughs> Craig did an amazing job of mentioning Lynn. Uh, but listen, it's a tribute to a great, a great person, a great player, and then all he did in, in your profession there um, very seldom are you a Hall of Famer in two different things, man. That's a, that's a, you know, he he had a wonderful life and really took advantage of every every day he had on earth here. So, Coach, not, not just because he's standing next to me, but you know, Clark Hunt and his family do a great job of making this a very you know family organization. For you to see the tributes, but then also get to share that with the players, how does that just more reinstate the fact that this? Yeah, well, our players, you know, if they didn't know it before, they, they surely felt it there. I mean, all the guys were into both sides of the ball. Um, they know where it can't, comes from. Um, that, that's not the only thing that, uh, that the Hunts do for the, you know, for the team. So um, they do a phenomenal job with that, uh, of giving the players. And some, you know, some guys are coming from families that uh, possibly are even non-existent. And, and so here they're brought into this environment. It's great for them. It's something they could take with them the rest of their life, or um, you know, and hopefully develop their own families. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to jump in there. Kelsey, who wasn't going to play, he wanted to jump in there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, and then the defense couldn't wait to see it. I mean, it was crazy the, the way it, the way it worked out. It was. Um, I mean, Spags was going. He missed it, and he was the guy that was most excited about it, and he, and he missed it over there talking to those guys. So, but he'll see it on, on tape there. But it was really it was a neat neat deal, again for a great person. You went to see Ronald Jones. You know, I thought I thought Rojo ran hard. He he um, he had good vision, <clears throat> and um, uh, shoot, I I didn't think he did anything to hurt himself. Uh, um, uh, in our eyes, uh, you know, or, or you know, whatever happens to him down the road here. So, uh, but I, I thought he he did a nice job for us. Yeah. What about Jacko? I thought the same thing there. Yeah. Now this is what I watching the tape, but I thought he I thought he ran hard. I thought both those guys they're big men and they they played big and they uh, they weren't shying away from anything. Is that important thing to push with injury after the Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, Bush, he's, Bushman's got phenomenal hands, and he's shown that all through camp. And he was just coming back off of where he tweaked his knee, and and um, and then he landed on it, and you could kind of see the way it was. You know, he was <clears throat> wrapped up and fell on it. I knew, as he did, uh, that something was wrong there with his shoulder. So, but. real quick, MBS, we didn't see practice. Is he okay? What's his yeah, he's he's okay. He, uh, banged his head, and so um, we, he was in the concussion protocol. Yeah, he's all right. Okay. I'm definitely getting comfortable out there uh, with the with the guys, the O line, uh, being able to uh, you know slow down my game and be a little bit more patient, uh, take advantage of that. Absolutely, definitely was. Um, you know, just definitely coming in early, uh, getting looking at the guys, the older guys, getting a routine going, uh, just picking their brains, uh, feeling so I could feel most comfortable out there. Uh, coming in early, getting uh, the plays down, uh, being able to execute fast. That's what I'm coming in here to do. Isaiah, can you talk to us about the expectations you had of yourself during the draft process and kind of the reality you find yourself in now? You know, just a kid from Violin, uh, South Jersey, um, you know, just hoping my dreams come true. And when I got the call, it couldn't be anywhere better than here. Um, you know, I was just truly blessed about that. And once the moment came for me to get here, uh, it was all work. Uh, you know, I was just ready to put my foot forward and listen. Whatever coach wanted me to do, I'm gonna do it uh, to help win, help win games. Had you envisioned yourself at this point, kind of entering the regular season and finding yourself in the position you're in, and hearing all of your teammates and coaches kind of praise you and how hard you've run? 
You know, just uh, being humble and blessed, uh, just coming in with the same mentality every day, looking at the guys, the older guys, just picking their brains, uh, and being a younger guy, just working hard every day, uh, just showing them that, you know, I, uh, I'm a player that they can count on, and uh, I'm doing whatever I got to do to help the team win. I'm definitely excited. Uh, never went to an NFL game outside of football, but now I'm actually planning one. So, you know, I'm definitely excited for that and, you know, ready to let it loose. Well, the next 17 days, I'm um, just going in tomorrow or whenever we have practice and I'll uh, picking those three things to get better at. And uh, once I see them on tape, then I'm going to be able to execute it. No, growing up, I never went to an NFL game, only MLB game. But, yeah, my preseason was my first NFL game that I've been to, and I actually, like, played in it. So that was pretty dope for me. How has Arrowhead been? I mean, you got to start in quite a place. Oh, it was crazy. I was like, damn, like, this, I'm sorry. But it was a lot of fans for a preseason game. For me, coming to Rutgers, is, uh, you know, those those uh, scrimmages we get against each other in college, we don't have preseason games. So it's not nothing like the fans out there. So definitely – Blessed to be here. Thank you. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say now that I got the interception of like a player's level. That came, you know, first week of preseason, just uh, the first drive for me. Um, honestly, it came during camp. <laughs> That's, a, that's probably, like, the biggest as far as, like, a lot of playbook coming thrown at you and be able to manage that, still be a leader as a, as a young guy or trying to anyway. Uh, I think that's when it's up to hold in. So now with the games and just trying to, you know, um, play as, as well as I can as a young guy and fly around and basically, you know, hold myself accountable for the, for the guys that's around me and um, set a good example for the young guys also follow me and then making the guys above me proud as well as coaches and things of that nature. So... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I said, camp was where I think that kind of uh, really, like, honing in on everything started to smooth out for me. Um, OTAs was a bit of a struggle, I would say, um, for my eyes personally. Um, but I think camp was what really helped me a lot from the day in and day out. Uh, I learned a whole playbook, and he would just randomly call different plays from different installs. So I think that's a big part. And then, you know, with the safety's making a lot of checks, it forced me to do that. And then as well as him putting me in different positions, having to learn all that, all that aspect. So just constantly, like, having the the, uh, the good struggle, if you will, um, helps me a lot with that aspect. So, yeah, it's pretty smooth right now. Does it, does it help or hurt to have so many young guys on the defense? Because on the one hand, you don't have guys, young guys, there's so many young guys, you don't have guys you can always go to ask questions. But at the same time, you guys are kind of at the same level, learning together, growing together. So how do you see it? Um, well, I would be... It depends on how you look at it. Honestly, you know how you look at anything is like if you look at something long enough, or you had your own perspective about it, it would change based on how you look at it. So how I look at it is the positive. I don't try to look at the negatives because you know, at the end of the day, we're flying around, we're having fun, um, we learn each other. It's chemistry that comes with any of the team. Um, I think that's a big part. But the positives are there, the effort is there, the love for one another is there, and like the accountability is there. So with those things, you know, adding together, I don't feel like there's no like. Oh, it's a downfall. Um, you make mistakes, things happen. You know, it's any given Sunday, things like, like that kind of happen. But as far as a whole aspect, like, I just look at all the positive, and there's a lot of positive for this group. I'm looking forward to seeing how it all develop. Brian, you've got a long wait until they're pushing you Mm-hmm. What do you do to stay sharp? Stay sharp as far as, like, football or just in general? Oh, I'm going to say you got to ask. I'm going to Football, you know, just literally just watching film. I mean, it's, it's on your tablet. It's kind of like this. That's the, the easiest part. But I did that back in um, college, too. So to be able to watch games whenever I want to, make my own calls um, based on, you know, he has installs. I can just, you know, basically go into games and just watch how different plays and um, see how this play might plan out. And then if I have something to question, I can bring up the coach. But for us, that would be a big aspect of me. And then obviously recovering. Um, 
I know to, like this past preseason, I played a lot of snaps, but and at the end of the day, though, you gotta be able to, you know, what I'm saying, recover from week to week. So I think that's be a big aspect for me too. But besides those two, like I'm just just be chilling. Brian, you obviously played a lot of snaps. Another guy alongside you, Joshua Williams, played a lot of snaps. I know you talked to him quite a bit throughout the game. You know, you guys all have an experience together. Yeah, some maybe placing one in back. What did you try to express to him? Just what's it like to know that? Uh, I mean, I know, like, we all have, you know, I think that's the first, before I even answer that question, I think what I try to do coming in as, as a player, I try to learn the players of uh, what they need to force respond better. Um, what he may need different, somebody else may need. And that's, this is not playbook-wise, it's nothing, this is me knowing how to trigger different emotions or trigger different things to certain players. I know what I can say to Trent might not be registered the same, I say to, to Josh. So I was basically trying to say to Josh was that, like, next play, I know he gets hard on himself, he got hard on himself, like, next play is, is okay, like, let it go, um, just play the next play. Cause at the end of the day, like, dog, you still going to make plays. It's going to happen. Like, you're going to have those ups and downs. Which is next play, next play, next play. Because at the end of the day, you can't take it back. You can go back and look at it and correct it, but you can't let it affect you right now. And I think that the biggest thing a lot of the players understand, like, when those happen, uh, I think I want him to understand, like, I have your back, bro. Like, it, yeah, I, I, I know you, you probably feel down about yourself, but trust me, like, we, we good. It's next play, we got it. We're going to figure it out. I'm going to be here with you, you know, next step and for as long you want to walk. So I think that was probably the. The message in brief, because it was a few times I had to talk to him, but it wasn't nothing major. Just make sure that he know that I'm, I'm here for him and that we're going to keep this thing rolling. Brian, can, like, the interception looked like a really good read on that play. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of walk us through that play, what you saw, and what kind of going through it? Um, well, first and foremost, I mean, the quarterback, that was probably the, the biggest key. He has the ball, but um, seeing how the routes develop and then knowing where uh, – well, how like how the routes developed, I would say, and knowing who had what in our coverage, um, I was able to make a play and able to jump it. Um, and then knowing that I had a guy, uh, Zane, underneath, so he had the force to throw the ball over top. So I'm like, all right, well, either two is going to happen. Either I'm going to pick, I'm going to be you know underneath and it's going to hit him in the back. So I was able to get over there in time and you know get the pick. I was just you know lucky enough to get that. But just it was just nothing like too extravagant, just kind of reacted to it, but it was one of those plays. I made it to practice, too, so it's kind of, like, ironic, yeah. How did it feel about the ball in your hands? It felt great. It felt, yeah, it felt great. Yeah. It felt great. I should have cut back, but I was like, ah, I don't know. I'm going to try to score next time, but it was just more of a, you know, things like that. And, um, but it definitely felt good to have it ball in my hands, so, you know, especially because back then I used to play, like, receiver in high school, so... Feel good to have it once in your hands again. How does it feel playing up high versus playing in the box? Is there a certain type of different feel as you get in the static system? Uh, I would say based on what the offense is doing, I would definitely say that. I like to be around the ball as much as I can. Um, so that way, like, if something happens, I can, like, um, make an impact as fast as possible. Um, that's not being self. That's more be like my impact could be coming from getting a, a D lineman off a double team. Something like that. It's very simple, but it's very pivotal. To, you know, pivot to what we are trying to get done. So I think being able to do that for a D lineman is very key, as well as in certain places when it's you know deep coverages, being able to be underneath some routes for the deeper players, or being on top, knowing that someone has to be more aggressive. So all the really depends on what the offense is giving us at the time. But me being able to play in different positions with his defense, I think that helps me kind of like navigate certain aspects of what's coming and knowing like, where I'm on the field and what I can help with and what I, like, I know is like, not mine to deal with and what I can help with at the end of the day. Are you still waiting to get that big hit? You still haven't kind of gotten it? Oh, no. You know, I'm not worried about that. You know, just, you know what I'm saying? Y'all know what kind of player I am. <laughs> I'm not worried about that. I think the biggest thing right now is just making sure everybody's on the same page because, like I said, even with the pick, like, it, it, I didn't – Go out there fiending for it. It was something that kind of happened. So I know like the big hits will come. I know all the things will come in due time. But as long as I can be the best player I can be and help the team with dubs, that's all that matters to me. All right, you talk about you talk about embracing the journey. Yeah. Uh, how, how, how much of the, the preseason have you embraced? How much of the preseason? All of it. And that comes from even camp. Camp's long. It's tiring. It's hot. But embrace it, because at the end of the day, like, at one point in time, I was a little kid wishing to be in these shoes. So being grateful each and every day, knowing you store, knowing things like that, it starts with that. And um, 
having the, the, the self-discipline to keep showing up and keep putting your best foot forward and knowing that's okay to make mistakes. Like, I mean, I'm not saying it's okay because I'm very hard on myself, but at the same time, I have to be able to understand, like I told Josh, next play, next play, next play. Be, be courteous to myself in, in that aspect. And I know, like, a lot of coaches, a lot of players try to, like, um, tend to calm down certain aspects. I'm still very, very hard on myself. I want everybody to make sure that, I mean, I don't want everybody to make sure I'll be on the same page, things like that. But I think as far as, like, the process, it's been a blessing. Um, I'm definitely embracing it, I would say. Um, and then as far as look, looking forward to it, I said each and every day just building, building those blocks. So I can do. You can't, you know, you don't, you didn't build my Everest and over, or you don't climb that Everest, I'm sorry, overnight. It takes, takes time. So just keep chipping away, keep stabbing at it, keep moving forward. Uh, I felt good. Yeah, you know, uh, it was a good night. First of all, I'm glad we got the win um, to finish preseason out. Game three um, with a win is always big, but, um, you know, the team did a great job um, from start to finish. You know, we didn't score a lot of points offensively, but our defense played really well. Um, and like I said, just glad we got a win. Yeah, you know, uh, 10. I mean, the running back, I mean, he's he's running really hard. I'm, I'm really happy for him, you know, being a rookie. And, you know, he, he plays hard, but he also is very comfortable out there, too, for a rookie. So it's it's always fun being back there with him and being able to hand it off to him and, and see what he does. What was it mean to you that in the third and fourth quarter, you're out there, guys like Patrick and Travis and Starters are also really engaged and encouraging you? Yeah, they, they do a great job just whenever we come off the sideline. You know, Pat's right there. Um, telling us what he sees. Chad also is right there, and, you know, they do a good job of staying engaged the whole time, and, you know, it's great for us to learn from those guys um, when they're on the field, but even when they're off the field, they do a great job of coaching us and, and helping us get better. Yeah, you know, recently I've seen the highlights, and, you know, I know a lot of the history of him. Um, you know, I'm, it's, it's a terrible thing. Um, that he passed away, and, you know, we're praying for, for his family and his loved ones. But, you know, a, a Chiefs legend, a Hall of Famer, um, and, you know, just being able to honor him tonight was huge for, for our team and also the Chiefs community in general. Awesome. Thank you, guys.